And welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Future Blue Podcast right here on the Fans First Sports Network, formerly uh, Maze and Brew Podcast, now on the Fans First Sports Network. Obviously, you can uh, find our work still written content-wise over at mazebrew.com, but uh, this is the uh, Block M Podcast Network as a part of what I just said, the Fans First Sports Network. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, uh, my name is Vaughn Lozon, and with me today... To uh, discuss some rather important recruiting news is my co-host and uh, Mason Brew football recruiting contributor, John Simmons. John, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Vaughn. It's going to be an interesting week here for uh, Michigan football recruiting. Uh, in just a couple days, we're going to have some very important information moving forward with this 2024 class well, you know, let's just jump right in, John. I, I don't think we really need much uh, much introduction for this one. Uh, five-star quarterback Jaden Davis in the 2024 class. Uh, like I said, we're going to know in just a couple days where he's going to be playing at in college. He's set to announce his commitment live on ESPN at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And he is going to be deciding between his top five schools, and we're going to break down each of those top five schools of Jaden Davis to get a glimpse at, uh, you know, does each school have a legitimate chance? There are a couple schools in this list that I personally do not think have a very good shot. Uh, if, if any shot of landing his commitment. So we'll go through these top five right now. Uh, we got Michigan, Ohio state, Clemson, North Carolina, and Tennessee, um, so John, let's, uh, let's just start in his, his neck of the woods there in uh, North Carolina. Cause he's from the great state of North Carolina. Let's just start with the Tar Heels. If, if there's any school that, uh, uh, might give Michigan a run for its money, you could definitely argue North Carolina is that school. Uh, he's got good relationships within the program with, uh, Mac Brown, and uh, all of the assistant coaches over there, they've developed a tight bond with him. And uh, he could be labeled the hometown hero and stay in the state of North Carolina and, uh, you know, follow in the footsteps of Drake May. He is more than likely going to be in the NFL draft next year. So he very well would have a shot of playing as a true freshman. So, John, um, like I said, I think UNC's got a, a decent shot out of all these five schools here. And I want to get your thoughts on, uh, on on their chances as well. Yeah, I think um, being playing in North Carolina uh, gets him pretty close with the program there. He talked about um, knowing uh, Drake May and Sam Howell, you know, UNC's last two really good uh, quarterbacks there and uh, playing with them before and stuff. So I think he's got some good familiarity there and you can never count out um, the in-state school. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think they're they would have a pretty good shot um, out of the rest of his uh, finalists there just because of that familiarity and proximity to home. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a tough combination to pass up. You you got the hometown factor. You've got the familiarity factor. You have the ability to definitely play as a true freshman. And if you're not starting, you probably will get some snaps, some reps in there probably four in four games and preserve your red shirt is what I would assume. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a very good opportunity for him. And uh, UNC has been on him uh, recruiting wise. Uh, I mean, as much as any of these other five schools 
on his list and any of the other schools that had offered him period. So, um, you know, if if I'm a Michigan fan looking at this, I'm looking at North Carolina and I'm saying, yeah, it's a very good opportunity for him to stay home, play as a true freshman, potentially uh, within uh, the friendly confines of the state of North Carolina. So I I think they're a legitimate uh, contender here in this recruitment. Let's talk about uh, another school. Uh, here in his top five let's let's go to Tennessee let's go over to the SEC and talk about Tennessee so the volunteers are an interesting school John Uh, they were one of the first schools to offer Davis a scholarship they did so back in May of 2021 and it didn't take him very long to visit Tennessee for the first time he did so that summer he then followed up with a fall visit uh, fall of 2021 and he visited Tennessee for a game this past fall as well. So uh, there's there's quite a bit to like about Tennessee if you're a uh, top quarterback recruit. I, I guess the one thing that might deter Jaden Davis from going to Tennessee is that there would be some very stiff competition there at the quarterback position because they've loaded up on uh, quarterbacks in the past couple cycles. They've got uh, the five-star quarterback in the 2023 class, Nico, and I have no idea how to pronounce his last name, so I'm not going to try, John. <laughs> but uh, he's more than likely going to start as a true freshman, and if not, he is going to get substantial playing time uh, is uh, the five-star Nico kid. Uh, so th- there's there's a little bit to like about Tennessee. They've been recruiting him for a very, very long time, and they've made uh, Jaden Davis one of the top quarterback prospects for them in this 24 class. Uh, But at this point, man, I I think Tennessee is probably somewhere in the middle of this top five list, whether it's three or four. Uh, Jaden Davis definitely had some interest early on, seems to have faded a little bit, and he certainly would not get any playing time anytime soon uh, because of uh, the quarterbacks that they already have on the roster, which uh, is it's one of the few positions in recruiting that you kind of have to look at the school's roster and say, well, am I going to get good playing time my freshman year? How about my sophomore year? How long is it going to take me to get on the field? So I, I foresee if he if he went to Tennessee, it'd probably be his junior year before he saw playing time. So Tennessee is probably somewhere in the middle. What do you think, John? Yeah, I think that the playing time is a huge roadblock for Davis there. Um, I guess you can never count them out with um, how well they do in NIL. You know, their uh, quarterback last uh, cycle, you know, got a lot of headlines for the big deal that he got. Um, But, uh, you know, they're not going to throw away a guy they gave like $8 million to uh, for uh, Jaden Davis. So I think they're going to, it's going to be tough road for playing time there. And then they just started picking up crystal balls for another QB in the 24 class, Jake Merklinger, um, just this week. So it kind of seems like they've moved on themselves too. Yeah. And I, I think he is announcing his commitment Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, um, which obviously a day before Jaden Davis commits. Um, so you can kind of effectively write Tennessee off the list if they do take that commitment as well. So yeah, it, Tennessee is a very interesting team. I'm surprised because that uh, Jake Merklinger, he's a, a four-star prospect. I, I want to say he's a top 100 guy. So to get a top 100 kid after reeling in a five-star quarterback, that's really good work by Tennessee uh, if they're able to seal the deal there. 
Um, not that we're a Tennessee football recruiting podcast by any means, but just from the outside looking in, um, it would be a good get for them. Let's move to a program that I, uh, I, I think is personally at the bottom of the barrel in this recruitment, John, as far as the top five goes. And, uh, that's Ohio state, uh, even though Ohio state offered Jaden Davis, uh, very early on, they offered him in June of 2021. So just about a month or so after Tennessee did, um, they really did themselves a disservice. And, and <laughs> I, I use the term disservice lightly, I suppose, because they took the number one quarterback in this 24 class. And that's five-star Dylan Rayola. Uh, and, and he eventually decommitted. So it, it, to me, man, it just seems like a little, uh, or too little too late for, uh, Ohio state to really get back in the running, uh, in this recruitment. So I, I think Ohio state, they're just a hat on the table at this point. Um, and, uh, it, it, it I really don't think Jane Davis is giving, uh, the Buckeyes any serious thought. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts and your take on Ohio state, uh, as far as it goes with, uh, Jane Davis? Um, I'm actually going to disagree a little bit here. I think that if any other school besides Michigan, uh, were to land him on Friday, I think it would be Ohio State. Um, just because a couple of things, you know, after they liked Davis early on, and after, uh, but they got Rayola, like you mentioned. But after he decommitted, they made a little run at Davis. Um, you know, this is during the Harbaugh to the NFL stuff, and like Matt Weiss getting uh fired. So there's a lot of you know some more turmoil on Michigan side. Um, they're still sitting good with him, but, uh, he was definitely keeping his options open. So, uh, I think Ohio state was kind of the last school to really sway Davis before Michigan, um, got him on those last couple of visits. And I think really solidified his opinion of the school. Um, and, you know, maybe Ohio state's motivated now with Michigan landing Jordan Marshall and wants to, uh, kind of make another statement back. So if they do some big 11th hour push to get him. I, I don't think it would be – I think it's unlikely for sure, but I think I think that is the scenario I could see uh, happening the most out of anything. Man, that would be such a heartbreaker if you're a Michigan fan to, to seemingly lead for the five-star quarterback for most of this recruitment, get him on campus so many times and, and do everything you can and have him come in on a visit uh, to meet your new quarterback coach just a couple weeks before your commitment – and then you commit to their arch rivals, Ohio State. That would just absolutely be uh, a stab in the back, uh, or I guess really the front uh, stab in the heart. I mean, whatever way you want to put it, it would just be so detrimental for Michigan because they absolutely need an elite quarterback in this class, and that would just be uh, such a killer if he committed to Ohio State. So, John, uh, I, I hope none of those things happen, the 11th hour push and et cetera, et cetera. I hope that doesn't happen. Um, that would just be absolutely detrimental for Michigan in this class, and uh, to have him go to uh, Columbus would just be um, kind of sickening, honestly. It would be uh, <laughs> it would be pretty brutal. But I, uh, I, I do agree with your take that uh, – you know, they they probably do want a little bit of revenge for Michigan taking so many Ohio guys in this uh, 24 class, uh, specifically Jordan Marshall, the four-star top 100 running back that they had a uh, commitment from uh, about a week or so ago. Uh, it, it would not surprise me if uh, Ryan Day were on the phone with, with Jane Davis and, and his, uh, his camp uh, leading up to his commitment. So 
you know what? Just, yeah, keep an eye on all these schools, Ohio State included, but uh, I personally uh, don't see that one happening, and uh, fingers crossed it doesn't happen. But uh, let's turn our attention to uh, the uh, last non-Michigan school, I suppose, in this uh, recruitment, and that's Clemson. And they got in on this one a little later than uh, everybody else. And they, uh, they offered him on June 1st of last year, uh, which was uh, after a couple unofficial visits that Davis took. And uh, he, he performed in a uh, camp workout setting in front of the coaches. And that's when he got the offer. So it, it took a little bit of work to get that offer from Clemson. And that was, uh, uh, an offer that he called, uh, or he didn't say dream school, but he he told 24-7 Sports as Steve Wiltfong that he had dreamed of uh, uh, being coached by Dabo Sweeney and playing at Clemson, and that that offer was a, uh, a quote, a big deal, unquote. So uh, th- this one's a tough one. I think Clemson certainly was one of the schools that he wanted to go to at one point, but I, I think the uh, the lack of uh, the lack of love that Clemson gave him uh, early on and offering so late and uh, uh, having him uh, do a camp workout, having him visit a couple times before getting uh, the offer. Uh, I, I think it, it may have just been, again, too little too late for Clemson in this one. Now, he granted he did visit Clemson this past fall for a game. Uh, back in October for their game against NC State. So he certainly still has interest. And obviously, because he put Clemson in his top five list, he wouldn't have done that had he still not been interested in Clemson. But, uh, you know, they've been a steady school in this recruitment even before uh, he got the offer. So uh, I I guess it wouldn't entirely shock me if uh, Clemson were uh, the the eventual uh, choice for him. But uh, again, uh, I, I see them being uh, a little bit behind Michigan in this recruitment, maybe somewhere in that two to three range as far as his top five goes. So, John, why don't you get your thoughts on Clemson and uh, their uh, potential chance of landing him on Friday? Yeah, this could be one where uh, Clemson's kind of methodical approach about uh, offering prospects. They usually only offer very few guys and um, later in the process for a lot of these guys so it could have uh hurt them there and i also just think the last couple of years weren't that impressive especially with like their quarterback development um with like dj ungulalele uh if i'm saying that correctly um you know he didn't really turn out that well um Cade klubnik looks like he could be a dude though so um he may not want to play behind him either for a year so uh, there could be a couple factors here, but I would say at some point I was probably the most nervous about Clemson coming in and winning this recruitment. So I'm glad that uh, it seems like they're kind of ahead on the table here. Yeah, it, it does seem nice. And I was certainly worried about Clemson a little earlier on in this recruitment because, I mean, like he said to uh, Wilt Fong at 24-7 Sports, he dreamed of being coached by Dabo and he dreamed of playing at Clemson. So um, you know, obviously, and it's not too far from home as well. I mean, it's South Carolina instead of North Carolina. So I, I can't imagine Providence Day uh, is, is very far from from Clemson, South Carolina. So um, they really had a lot going in this recruitment, too. Uh, but uh, let, let's just uh, turn it to Michigan here um, <clears throat> and talk about them uh, a, as we do 
on this podcast, John. So uh, going to Michigan, I clear cut uh, the the leader in this recruitment. All of the crystal balls are in Michigan's favor at this point, and uh, they've uh, received other predictions from other recruiting experts on on different websites. Obviously, we go by twenty four seven with the crystal balls, but there have been other uh, predictions uh, casted on uh, rivals dot com on three, et cetera. Um, and this spans far from just the Michigan experts. This goes to Clemson experts and uh, other recruiting experts as well. So uh, I, uh, I I think that's a, a pretty substantial deal. So uh, Michigan just got him in on an unofficial visit a couple weekends ago. And like I mentioned uh, a little bit ago, he uh, got to meet Kirk Campbell, the new quarterbacks coach and uh, uh Jeremiah Davis, who is uh, Jaden Davis's father, uh, had really nice things to say about Kirk Campbell. It's it's pretty much a night and day recruiting difference uh, uh, and coaching difference. It sounds like uh, from uh, uh, Kirk C- uh, Campbell to Matt Weiss. So uh, that's obviously a, a positive in Michigan. Uh, in Michigan for or for Michigan's factor here uh, to get a potential commitment from Jaden Davis, and and not just visiting this past uh, or two weekends ago, but visiting so many other times um he, he visited for a couple games in the fall uh or at least one for the Hawaii game I for sure remember that one I can't remember if he got got in on another one but uh, he, he's been on campus so many times I'm starting to forget these visits here but uh at the end of the day he's been Michigan's top quarterback target throughout this 24 cycle and uh they've held off on recruiting other quarterbacks as vigorously as they have with uh Jaden Davis so um and the other factor that I've brought up a couple times, he probably, it, well, and maybe not probably, but very well could have immediate playing time. J.J. McCarthy very well could declare for the NFL draft after this upcoming season, and that would give Davis a very clear opportunity to start as a true freshman because at that point you'd have Alex Orgy, you'd have Jaden Denigal, uh, Davis Warren, um, and I, in my opinion, Kendrick Bell, who was the quarterback take in this past cycle, probably is not going to play quarterback at the college level. So, um, you know, if I had a crystal ball, uh, I would put it on Michigan. I'm I'm feeling pretty confident about this one. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I'll keep my fingers crossed and, uh, you know, do uh, anything else that I have to do, knock on wood, et cetera, uh, to, to not jinx Michigan here. Uh, but I do think Michigan gets good news on Friday. John, I, I just want your your take on how Michigan's approached this recruitment, quarterback recruiting in general, and uh, if you think Michigan's going to get his commitment. Yeah, I think ultimately they do win this one out. Um, I think that even when uh, Matt Weiss was here, he bonded with him. He seemed to be the only guy that uh, actually did. So I think there's something just special about him. I think he's kind of meant to end up in Michigan there. So um, I think Michigan's kind of eggs in all one basket uh, approach is now one for two after missing on Dante Moore. Um, if they get Jaden Davis here, though, so I think it all worked out and it's going to be really important to get him um, in as the leader of the class here. I think there's going to be a lot of big time players that are going to want to play with him. Um, so I'm just excited to see uh, how he can lead this class uh, if he ends up committing. Yeah, I mean, obviously it'd be a huge deal. It would be incredible news for Michigan's recruiting efforts in this 24 class you hit. I mean, I would imagine uh, 
elite prospects would probably follow at the uh, at, at the very least on offense. And uh, you you got a really solid foundation for this 24 class with him at quarterback, Jordan Marshall at running back. You're still going after Taylor Tatum at the running back position. He's ranked even higher than Marshall is on the composite. And you would imagine that uh, the wide receivers would just flock. You're going after Brady Prescorn at uh, the tight end spot, a top 50 player in this class and offensive lineman galore, honestly, uh, in this class. So yeah, it, it could be a really, really good cycle for Michigan if they end up getting Jaden Davis would be really special uh, uh, to get him on board, especially right before the spring game. That would be pretty awesome because uh, there's going to be some uh, uh, very important recruits that are going to be visiting for the spring game. And uh, I guess we'll leave it at that because uh, on the flip side, uh, we are going to talk about the uh, a couple of the spring game visitors that uh, you definitely should know about. Uh, but first, let's talk about uh, a couple sponsors here. Uh, for uh, our podcast, and that is Manscaped and Homefield Apparel. And Manscaped, they are uh, now selling beard products, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's right. They are revolutionizing men's grooming once again with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Shape your signature beard look with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit, and it all starts with the Beard Hedger, which is a cordless trimmer. You got a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all in one guard. You don't have to have messy drawers anymore, guys. It's Full of that's full of extra add-ons because I mean this is just so easy. Twenty hair cutting lengths in one guard. I've used it so many times and it is seriously the easiest thing that I've ever used to trim my facial hair. So join the five million men worldwide who trust Manscaped for all their grooming needs. Use the promo code MNB twenty to get twenty percent off your order at Manscaped.com. And let's talk about Homefield Apparel real quick, guys. Premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. Not only is their stuff comfortable, but it's officially licensed gear, so they do not screw around with their designs. The team over there, they study the history, traditions, and legacy of each school. And with all that information, they create thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. And they've got some great, great Michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else. You can try Amazon or any other outlet. It ain't gonna happen. They got t-shirts, hoodies, crewnecks, whatever you need to proudly represent the Wolverines wherever you are. So if you want some brand new, good-looking Michigan swag, head over to homefieldapparel.com, use our promo code MICHIGAN15, and you will get 15% off your first order. Again, homefieldapparel.com, MICHIGAN15 for 15% off your order. Now let's talk about uh, these uh, spring game visitors, John, because uh, – there's going to be a slew of prospects in Ann Arbor this upcoming weekend for the annual spring game. And, uh, you know, everybody just as a quick side note, cherish the spring game while it lasts. It's being aired on big 10 network and we're not going to get any glimpse of the Michigan football team until the fall. So really take this in, enjoy it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait a little, little while until we get, some uh, uh, substantive football, but uh, have fun on Saturday if you're going. So let's talk about a few guys that are going to be there um, uh, from the recruiting side. So let's talk about a couple offensive linemen right off the bat, John. Uh, First two guys I want to chat about, 2024 four-star offensive lineman Andrew Sprague and uh, 2024 three-star offensive lineman Caleb Brewer. And uh, starting with Sprague, this dude is just, I mean, he's a monster. He's 6'8", 290 pounds from Kansas City, Missouri, number 160 overall. 
on 24-7's composite. Number nine, offensive tackle. Number four player from the state of Missouri. And uh, <clears throat> I believe he most recently visited Michigan for a uh, junior day visit back in January. Um, he also has taken unofficial visits this year to Notre Dame and Nebraska. He's got another visit to USC set up. Uh, and uh, he's got a top 10 of Michigan, USC, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, LSU, Stanford, Oregon, Missouri, Penn State, and Nebraska. As for uh, Caleb Brewer, he is 6'4", 275. He is from Redding, Pennsylvania. He's 5'47", overall on the composite, the number 31 interior offensive lineman, number 17 from uh, the state of Pennsylvania. Has other offers from Notre Dame and uh, Pitt, which were uh, two schools that he's visited in the month of March. And he also has uh, offers from Ole Miss, Duke, West Virginia, Syracuse, Penn State, Wisconsin, plenty more where that came from. He got his Michigan offer back in December, took his visit, uh, his first visit to Michigan just a month later uh, in January. So this is a uh, return trip for uh, Caleb Brewer as well. So, uh, John, I'll turn it to you. It doesn't appear that uh, these two uh, particular offensive linemen are in any rush to commit. But uh, uh, for Sprague, I would imagine that he's probably towards the top of the tackle board. I, I don't really have a good grasp of where Brewer's at at the moment as far as the offensive linemen go. Uh, but uh, both of these guys are are certainly intriguing prospects. Sprague, clearly uh, a tackle prospect. Caleb Brewer I would imagine is probably a flex guy. You could play him at tackle if you'd like, but he's probably got more of a future on the interior. So uh, needless to say, the Wolverines are definitely interested in both these guys. And uh, it's really nice to get them both back on return visits so soon. Yeah. Michigan is really starting to see the effect of uh, winning the back-to-back -back Joe Moore awards uh, and recruiting uh, some top offensive linemen. Uh, I think Sprague is the number one guy on their tackle board. I think he's the guy that they like the most out of this class. And I think uh, Michigan sits in a really good spot with him right now. Um, he just picked up those offers from like Notre Dame and Florida State recently. So I think he is going to take some time to evaluate those since those are also some pretty good offers. But uh, I think Michigan is pretty near the top uh, for him. Um, Brewer, I think, is also a guy that they like. Um, but I don't think he's in that like – save a spot for him tier uh, along the offensive line. In fact, I I really think it's kind of just Sprague up there. And then for everyone else, all these other guys, Max Anderson, uh, Blake Frazier, these guys that just got crystal balls for, um, it's kind of just going to be like first come, first serve. So um, I think they would take Burr if he wanted to commit right now, but uh, there may not be a spot for him later in the class. But I think for a guy like Sprague, they would uh, take him at any point. Oh yeah, he he is. You wait for him for sure, and and, and I think the uh, composite ranking is still too low for him at the moment. I I think he's a top a hundred player for sure. I I don't see what uh, uh, the recruiting rankings see. He's uh, number one sixty overall, which is still good. Uh, but the fact that he's not uh, uh higher, I I don't know. That's just me personally. I I think he's a really good offensive tackle prospect. And Brewer is, is certainly a guy that has blown up over the last couple months. And yeah, definitely not in that, uh, you know, take at any time tier, like how Andrew Sprague more than likely is. But I still view him as a a good prospect and certainly a guy that they would take. 
Um, but uh, I, I view that uh, recruitment uh, going definitely into the summer, uh, if not further than that. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see on that. But good to get those two guys back on campus. Uh, let's talk about uh, another player on the offensive side of the ball who will be at the big house for the spring game this weekend. And that is 2024 three-star wide receiver Elijah Moore. He is 6'4", weighs 190 pounds. He's from Good Counsel High School in Olney, Maryland. He is ranked 525 overall on the composite, also the number 74 wide receiver and the number 15 player in the state of Maryland in the 24 class. He uh, got his offer from Michigan back in December and has other offers from the likes of Ohio State, Penn State, USC, Florida State, Maryland, Kentucky, Miami, Wisconsin, Oregon, Texas A&M. I mean, he's got a bunch of really good offers here. Uh, He just visited Columbus last weekend, and uh, he also has visited Penn State uh, just a couple months back as well. Uh, So with uh, John, I guess we'll we'll (laughs) turn turn this back to uh, potentially a Jaden Davis uh, topic here. But with with Davis potentially getting on board this Friday, I I think that would definitely help with a guy like Elijah Moore, uh, who uh, he's probably not uh, at the top of the wide receiver list on Michigan's board in this class. You probably have Channing Goodwin, Imerian Stewart, a few other guys, Jordan Ship, definitely uh, probably higher up than Elijah Moore is, but uh, he is certainly an interesting prospect and uh, is a bigger bodied receiver than most of these other guys uh, that they're going uh, after in this class. So uh, what say you about uh, Elijah Moore uh, uh, coming back to Michigan and what do you think uh, uh, Michigan has to do to uh, potentially get him on board? Yeah, I think his, his height is the the big factor here that you just pointed out. I think that's what um, intrigues uh, him what Michigan finds intriguing about him. Um, he's a definitely a taller outside guy that they're not quite recruiting a ton of types um, this cycle. Um, they are recruiting good counsel a bunch. You know, they're, I think they're going after legitimately five guys on that team. They just had Kyle L. Tuner, the O-lineman and uh, Darian Mayo, the edge uh, up for visits last couple weekends. And then they're running back and a linebacker they're also going after. So I think they have, a really good relationship with that school. You know, Chris Jenkins uh, came from that program and has been a good ambassador for Michigan since then. So I think um, that Michigan will have a legit shot in this uh, race if they decide to push hard. So uh, I think he's just a good guy to uh, keep in mind as the cycle goes forward. Yeah, honestly, John, I I would take all those guys from, from good counsel. Aaron Childs, definitely one of the top guys from the school, I, I would say probably is the top guy uh, from the school at the linebacker position, four-star guy, top a hundred guy. So you definitely yeah, can't take believe him. I forgot him. No, uh, no, <laughs> the well, one big you, guy. Yeah, <laughs> well, you you did say linebacker position. I knew who you're talking about, so not a problem. But yeah, Aaron Childs and Darian Mayo was actually the guy that I was blanking on uh, uh, from from Good Counsel uh, at the edge position, six seven, two fifty, something like that. So. Uh, yeah, they've they've got a lot of really good players uh, at their high school in this 24 class. It's kind of crazy to have uh, this many uh, guys that Michigan's going after. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean maybe 
you get one on board and uh, it starts a trickle of a domino effect or, you know, who knows it, it uh, could lead to some good news. We'll see. But uh, I don't mean to uh, jump too far ahead here for the last prospect that we're going to talk about. He's in the 26 class, which uh, I feel so old saying that, but uh, we're going to talk about him anyways, because he is uh, a, a probably a future five-star player and uh, very well could be one of the top players uh, when it's all said and done in the 26 class. His name is CJ Sadler. Uh, if you haven't heard about him yet, uh, again, be ready to hear about him uh, in his name pop up over the next uh, a few years here. He is currently 5'10 and 170 pounds. He's from Detroit, plays at Cast Tech. He is not ranked up to this point. Uh, I mean, he's a very young recruit, so I completely understand. Uh, but he's anticipated to be a very highly regarded player. Uh, uh, at some point, whenever they release the rankings for 26, um, he has some other offers from Ohio state, Wisconsin, Michigan state, Tennessee, Louisville, uh, Kentucky, a few others in there as well. And, uh, he projects to either the wide receiver position or somewhere in the defensive backfield at the collegiate level. Um, he was also on campus. Uh, this past weekend for a visit with a lot of his other teammates from Cast Tech. So this is a very quick return trip for C.J. Sadler getting in uh, for the spring game in Ann Arbor. So, uh, John, this is very much going to be a recruitment that goes from coast to coast, uh, but it's always great to get elite talent on campus so early in the recruitment. Michigan was, I, I want to say, if not the first offer, one of the first offers for CJ Sadler. Uh, so that'll probably be uh, in his mind moving forward with his recruitment. And uh, again, I mean, it's just good to get him back on campus. He's a really, really good player. Yep. He's definitely a guy that was identified early as uh, going to be one of the elites in his class. Um, you know, he helped lead cast tech um, as a freshman last year, which is uh, tough to do at a big football program like that. So I think he's definitely going to be special um, and just someone to, keep tabs on, uh, make sure it keeps developing like that as the, the years go on. But Michigan's going to put in a lot of groundwork there. Um, I think try to get them up as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just keep hammering it out kind of like what they're doing with, uh, uh, Bryce Underwood in the 25 class. You just, you offer him early, you keep getting them up on campus and, uh, you just go from there and, uh, you see where it goes and hopefully it goes in a positive direction. Uh, for the Wolverines and it seems like he's uh, very receptive at this point and uh, yeah I mean it, not much can really go wrong with getting an elite guy on campus even though he's he's in the 26 class so I, I know it's it's very early uh, but uh, it, it's never a bad thing uh, to get him on campus so soon so uh, we'll certainly see how uh, uh, this recruitment shakes out and uh, all of the other uh, kids that are uh, coming up on campus this weekend as well. It'll be a uh, uh, really good to see. And uh, again, I'm, I'm stoked to see the spring game. Uh, it's something I look forward to uh, every spring because I'm just football deprived. And uh, that's just what my life is at this point. And I assume that uh, a lot of people out there in listener land are like myself in that regard too. So it should be, should be a good time. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's all we got for you today. Thank you so much for listening again. Davis is Jaden Davis is committing at uh, 1 30 PM on Friday. So uh, stay locked in to uh, uh, the uh, block M podcast network and maze and brew.com. Um, you know, wh whether he commits to Michigan or not, we will certainly have news on it 
and uh, well, we'll break it all down for you uh, on Friday. But uh, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. Follow John on Twitter at Simmons underscore John. And uh, we certainly appreciate a subscription to the Block M Podcast Network, which is a part of the Fans First uh, sports network here and uh you know g- give us those five stars give us the uh, uh all of the good reviews we certainly appreciate all of that and uh, a subscription if you have not done so uh up to this point as well so for john simmons i'm vaughn lozon we will talk to you guys very soon until then go blue